Registry Podcast, the podcast on Magento 2, for developers, by developers, hosted by Peter Jaap Blaakmeer and Jesse Reitsma. Hello, everybody, and welcome at uh, the Registry Podcast, episode number two. Number two. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Peter Jaap. <laughs> How are you? Good, good. Um, so actually, um, this is the day after Adobe Developer Life, uh, but uh, yeah, we, we just had to admit that we didn't spend the whole night actually just uh, attending uh, uh, that event. So you, you didn't uh, do uh, anything at all with it, right? So um, no, I um, I had my day off yesterday, so I was <laughs> I was focused elsewhere. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't watch any presentation, but um, I gather you did. Yeah, so so actually, uh, the 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 program started at three thirty, I, I think Amsterdam time. So at that time, uh, I, I wrapped up a meeting uh, I was in, and then just um, tuned in to um, uh, the the opening keynote. Um, and I, um, I I well, I, I had a couple. Of I needed to drop in and out of the the whole. Um, program but i think i, I got uh, a couple of um, good points out of it uh, yeah so adobe developer life so the, the, the first time actually that um uh, it was no longer just a, a magento event but also an adobe uh, event um so to, to me that that's kind of like the first um, interesting point about the whole thing that it was uh, labeled uh, adobe developer life and then uh, column uh, magento commerce um, as in, maybe there's going to be uh, a lot more uh, other uh, Adobe developer lives, but then focused upon uh, other areas of, um, of uh, uh, Adobe. But this one specifically was for Magento Commerce, so uh, our thing. Um, yeah, and then, then of course, like there, there was the usual talk about uh, the roadmap. Um, not necessarily, or at least I, I didn't hear about Magento 2.4.1 um, necessarily. But it was much just overall um, what, what kind of um, uh, developments were happening. So I, I heard a couple of the, 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 a couple of features were added to PWA Studio or are going to be added to uh, PWA Studio, uh, which is kind of my uh, my thing. Uh, product product recommendations, internet, internationalization, uh, GraphQL stuff. Um, so yeah, but, yeah, but it was kind of like interesting to see that um, it, it was no longer just a Magento thing, but now also uh, really a, a, an Adobe thing. Um, yeah, and, and personally, I was also intrigued about uh, the introduction of um, React Spectrum. Um, so I, I heard about this uh, already uh, a few months ago. Um, actually, React Spectrum is... Um, a React variation of Adobe Spectrum and Adobe Spectrum and Adobe Area and Adobe uh, Stately. If, no, so Stately is specific for React, but Spectrum and Area um, are, are basically uh, UI component libraries uh, that, that uh, allow developers to just um, focus upon uh, maybe the, the, the features instead of the, the UI. Um, but it, it, it kind of feels like it's, uh, it's all related to the Adobe Experience Cloud. Um, so not necessarily related to Magento, but, but still relevant, uh, I think, to anyone who wants to combine Magento and uh, Adobe Experience Cloud more and more. Um, so yeah, to, to me, it was kind of interesting to see the direction instead of really de technical details uh, leading, uh, leading from that. So this, this is all going to be part of the PWA Studio or is it separate from it? Well, that, that's a huge question mark for me, but but my feeling is that React Spectrum is totally separate from PWA Studio. So it's uh, it's just a separate library developed also by uh, a separate uh, department. Um, mm -hmm. And, and will what PWA I, Studio implement it? Well, and that's one of the bigger questions um, because in the roadmap actually of PWA Studio, um, I noticed also that there's a checkout coming, and then uh, within this checkout. Um, there's an uh, integration with uh, Page Builder so that people can actually um, use Page Builder to, to add in specific content types uh, within the checkout uh, system. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how much of that Page Builder is going to be integrated with uh, Experience Cloud, but um, I was under the impression that on the long run, um, this integration um, should be happening. So 
pace builder picking up on logic and picking up on UI uh, uh, possibilities, basically, of, um, of uh, Adobe Experience Cloud. So, and, and then with that, theoretically, spectrum and area um, would be part of the possibilities uh, as well. But yeah, so I, I, I dived into um, the, the technical part of uh, React Spectrum um, and React Stately uh, as well. Um, and, and to my impression, it's it's just another UI component library. It's just another set, a collection of hooks. Um, but then as a React developer, if, if you're into um, React, then actually it's, it's, it's nice to see that there's uh, some kind of UI component library that you could just use. Uh, and likewise, uh, React Stately is all about uh, hooks. Um, I, I didn't really look into the practical application uh, of this uh, yet, but yeah, th theoretically, it could be combined with uh, PW Studio. All right. Hmm. Yeah, so pretty cool. Yeah, what else? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I was kind of eager to also join uh, the Dev Exchange uh, discussions, but but I think they only kickstarted uh, really in the middle of the night. So um, I saw a couple of other community members from uh, Europe uh, joining. So I, I think they're still uh, sleeping in uh, today. Um, yeah, and then, then there was this uh, other tool, um, which I, I didn't see myself um, in, a, in a talk, uh, but I, I saw some uh, tweets about it, the Safe Upgrade tool, or short uh, SAT, um, which is supposed to uh, kind of like inventorize your current Magento system when you're looking for an upgrade. Um, but, well, that sounds fantastic that, that maybe uh, th there's a code scan to check for whether the, the code that you're running is, is compatible with uh, the, the next uh, uh, Magento version that you want to upgrade to. Um, but that, that's kind of like hearsay because I, I didn't find anything on the web yet. I, I didn't uh, find anything concrete about this. So I don't have a clue, actually, what this sub is. Yeah, I don't know. I I did a quick uh, Twitter search on it right now, and uh, I, I see a tweet from Taj Bo, uh, yeah. and he he tweeted out this diagram for the safe upgrade tool, apparently from the presentation itself from Developers Live, and yeah. um, it shows um, so an upgrade from Magento 2.3.6 to 2.4.1, and then uh, put the safe upgrade tool in the middle. It will compare and validate. It will give you a list of issues and a complexity score. And then a big block that says code fix. <laughs> I'm hoping it will be automatic, but and then a big check mark with successful upgrade. So if we if we look at this schema, it's gonna be very easy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so though. So it no. says upgrade quickly by focused efforts in identify conflicts between a new Magento version and your source. So purely based on that uh, description, I'd say it has a lot of similarities with the um, upgrade patch helper by um, um, I don't know what you're familiar with that one. Um, for previous, I don't know how many updates, uh, upgrades we did for our clients. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming that the safe upgrade tool will work pretty much the same as the upgrade patch helper for ampersand from ampersand. Yep. Um, I'll explain what that one does. Um, what you do is um, you upgrade the Magento core uh, within your project. Uh, first, you you before you upgrade, you move the vendor there to a vendor or original there or whatever you want to call it. Then you upgrade your Magento to the latest version, and then you run a diff on the entire vendor there. So the diff-ur, uh, original vendor there, and then the vendor there with the updated Magento version. Then it will give you a giant patch file. Um, and then you install the upgrade patch helper, which is basically a PHP file. Uh, you point it towards your Magento installation and you give it the, um, the patch file you just created. Uh, and then it will spit out a list uh, of all the, um, uh, well, plugins or themes that have changed uh, or touches files that have changed between the two Magento versions. So, for example, it will, it will give you uh, a type plugin. It will say in the block one page.php has a plugin that is in the Klarna plugin checkout block one page plugin, and that touches um, PHP code that has been changed between the version you're currently running on and the version that you're, you've upgraded towards. So this might introduce a conflict. And then you can walk through um, the diff 
to see whether something actually changed in that file that is relevant to uh, the customization being done by either your own or a third-party module. Yeah. So we've we've done uh, our past, I don't know how many, let's say 50 upgrades using this system. And um, yeah, it pretty much catches everything. Um, if you go through the list thoroughly and you um, check your um, yeah, the code of the extension, you might want need to uh, install a newer version of the extension if it's out, or you might want to fix it yourself. So once you've reviewed all the items uh, that that are in the patch file, um, you're basically good to go. Um, so we haven't had any big problems for stuff that we missed or something using this uh, uh, this approach. Yeah. So I'm guessing the safe upgrade tool will be basically the same. So you'll just generate a patch file, a diff file between your old version, a new version, and then it yeah. says, okay, these are the files you should check. Yeah, but then, then on top of it, of course, like uh, after uh, such a report has been generated, um, the nice thing would still be that, that somehow you're still being guided onto actually making the, the real modification. So theoretically, uh, if, if you make a certain uh, preference or a plugin, uh, a, a plugin interceptor that needs to be changed, um, still, we, we could uh, we we still could have software that is reporting which specific line is is depending upon a certain class that is phased out or a certain interface that is no longer there or deprecated code. So theoretically, yeah. this this soft tool is also making reports there. That, that so yeah. So you you think it will be instead of just saying hey look at these files there's there's a change in this file it will go into the file and. And, and um, use tokenization or something to to see which method uh, is, has changed or something. Well, so, so theoretically, I don't know, <laughs> but it, it's 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 just that that uh, it's uh, it's kind of interesting that um, if you zoom in to uh, why a certain Magento upgrade would be difficult. Um, step one is basically to to um, inventorize your own uh, code, uh, your own code base, your own modules uh, to see like uh, where the pain points might be. Um, and that's basically where this uh, composer um, uh, patch helper might uh, might come in, the the ampersand uh, link that you mentioned. Uh, but then on top of it, there, there's more things that could could go wrong. So uh, reporting on um, on um, uh, semantic versioning, uh, reporting on uh, deprecated code. So I, I guess oh, yeah. that that in the last half year, year or so, um, more and more of those tools came to light that that are simply aiding developers to do their their task of upgrading and theoretically the this uh, sat tool is trying to combine maybe as many as possible instead of just one yeah i don't know but let's, yeah, let's, so. let's see <laughs> let's see what, <laughs> exactly, they, yeah. what they come up with um, yeah. yeah but yeah so we're, we're still two um, plain uh, dutch guys that that, that <laughs> might be intrigued by news but well it's, it's basically hearsay um, until now uh, we, we simply want to uh, wait and see the stuff for real too before we can uh, uh, really judge upon it yeah i see uh, jamie huskinson from uh, jh uh, they they've advised on the this um, yeah creating this safe upgrade tool so yeah yeah. Maybe uh, he can, uh, Jamie can give us some more information about it. Who knows? But yeah, so so um, earlier, um, uh, I, I just wondered whether we should uh, discuss um, this uh, the, the the upgrade uh, towards Magento 2.4.0, or or actually um, that uh, a lot of uh, agencies out there do not upgrade to 2.4.0, but actually wait for 2.4.1 to be released. Uh, agencies uh, agencies like uh, like yours <laughs> and we discussed basically not to have that discussion well maybe we shouldn't have the discussion but it's it's kind of interesting to see that maybe this uh, safe upgrade tool um, hooks uh, exactly in, into that pain point that a lot of, a lot of agencies are scared to actually upgrade because well instead of upgrading to a more stable version um, uh, a lot of times actually the opposite is uh, is true um, and hopefully, actually, this this release of uh, SAT will be um, well one of the many uh, steps still to come to uh, make it easier to to upgrade. Or or have you have you given up? <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't given up. I'm just um, skeptical that uh, you know the reason why we skip uh, a .0 version is um, because we fear it introduces a lot of uh, new bugs. So there's a regression there, and I don't think. Um, the safe upgrade tool or um, will address uh, 
those regression issues. Yeah. Um, it, it, all, it will probably only identify any compatibility issues between any plugins preferences, overrides, etc., and not per se um, yeah, bugs that are introduced in, in a new .o version because there's a lot of new functionality there. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't feel like um, an, a safe upgrade tool or the M percent uh, upgrade patch helper um, yes s- makes us makes it more comfortable for us to upgrade to a .dotto version um, yeah simply because it doesn't uh, scope out uh, snow yeah pick up these bugs yeah well so so the, the the thing that is that is for me a little bit worrying about that that approach. Um, I actually wrote a blog post about this, and, and last time uh, during episode one, uh, we actually discussed also a couple of the, the features that were introduced in uh, 240. Um, but um, 241 is coming out um, actually with uh, a lot more features. And it, uh, it seemed to us uh, the last time that actually uh, most of the effort that was put into uh, 2.4.0, the, the current release, uh, was actually to remove um, uh, MySQL as a, as a search engine and introduce, therefore, uh, as, a, as the only option, Elasticsearch. That was kind of like the breaking change. Um, and the worrying thing for me is that, that if uh, 2.4.1 is going to introduce more features instead of just uh, introducing bug fixes, then actually 241 might be your 2.4.0, so that you actually need to postpone upgrading to 2.4.2. And where does it end? So basically, I was wondering, like, um, because at this point we can we can just install 2.3.5 P2. Yeah. um, But if uh, 2.4.1 comes out, we won't have a 2.3.5 P3. Obviously, we'll only have a 2.4.0 P1. do you know that for sure? So that there's not, not no patch three coming. Probably not. <laughs> it, 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 Magento has never communicated any such strategy. No. They'll, they'll update uh, a security-only release for the previous version, uh, and not for another version back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Except for maybe uh, theoretically, if um, if there's a security update of some kind uh, coming up, but. Um, yeah, we, 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 we don't know. Or you, you say out loud that as soon as 2.4.1 is, is coming out, uh, 2.3.5 will be simply just uh, skipped, dropped. Well, I, I, maybe they'll, they'll create a 2.3.6 then, um, just to keep the 2.3 branch alive. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I, I guess they will do that. So maybe we can upgrade to 2.3.6 at that point if 2.4.1 proves to be another giant update, even yeah. though it, it is a, a, a patch version upgrade. Um, Magento is, of course, known to still introduce functionality in a, in a what like Xamfer like will look like a patch upgrade, but yeah, it but that's, isn't. Yeah, exactly. But that, that's basically also my point that um, uh, a lot of the agencies out there make are, are making that decision upon uh, 2.4.0 be, being a major release. Uh, but then major is, is meant as in maybe this uh, semantic versioning um, kind of major. Uh, but mm-hmm. but it could very well be that with 2.4.1, which is just another marketing release, um, actually a lot of um, a lot of uh, other features are introduced. So with actually uh, new major versions. Yeah. Um, so I, I think like the difficulty with with uh, Magento currently is that that we're still kind of like dealing with these major upgrades, so 2.3, 2, yeah. 2.4, 2.5. A, a major uh, upgrade from 2.3 to 2.4 shouldn't be major in terms of the amount of code that's been updated. It could be one really tiny uh, tiny change that's not backwards compatible, therefore uh, yeah, having a major release necessary to, to put that out. So yeah. a, a 2.4.1 release could be, in terms of code affected, a uh, hundred times bigger than the 2.4.0 release was uh, versus the t- latest 2.3 release. So it, it just says, okay, um, from now on, we're not backward compatible anymore. That's, exactly, that's yeah. pretty much yeah. all it says. So um, you're right, 2.4.1 could be um, potentially a lot more dangerous to upgrade to in terms of uh, re- regression bugs than 2.4.0 uh, was. Well, you, you don't know beforehand, so actually this uh, huh. this comes back to the original point. This uh, SAT tool well, might be really you, interesting, but also... You could have a little tools. indication. 
you could check the yeah. uh, GitHub to see oh, yeah, for sure. the 2.4.1 release line or what what is tagged with that, but it's it, it doesn't really give a good overview of what will actually be in there. No, I've, I've tried this actually with uh, 2.4.0 coming out and, and back then also 2.3.0 uh, coming out, and it, it's just a nightmare to uh, to go through all of those uh, uh, Git yeah. logs. So hopefully this is also still uh, something that's going to um, to uh, be imp- improved uh, within the the, the Magento distribution mechanism Let, let's put it at that but yeah. yeah yeah so um actually right. also um maybe still hooking into that um is my little experiment of uh, of last week um i worked for about a couple of hours to uh, to try basically to um remove elastic search from magenta 2.4 <laughs> to, to me it's kind of like a funny experiment like everybody um, at magento was working hard to uh, to make sure uh, MySQL full text search is removed at 2.4, um, and then Elasticsearch is the only uh, alternative. Um, but I, I I put together this little open source module, um, well simply labeled also remove search, um, because it's not only uh, removing Elasticsearch but uh, MySQL search uh, as well. Um, it was kind of like a silly experiment, but I'm actually running a, a shop uh, myself that doesn't need a search. Um, it, it's uh, well, it actually doesn't deserve Magento 2 either, but it's just uh, for history's sake that I'm <laughs> running that shop on Magento. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, I, I felt uh, okay actually to remove the search altogether instead of just adding Elasticsearch uh, for a shop with uh, about 50 products. So it made more sense to actually remove uh, stuff. Um, yeah, and for me, it, it was kind of like an uh, educational. Um, research as well uh, to simply see also how many bindings there are between uh, core classes and the search mechanism uh, which actually shows like the the stuff that still needs to be cleaned up to really allow for Elasticsearch to be replaced with uh, yet another search engine. But isn't the layered navigation also tied to a search implementation? Um, yeah, in, in, in some way. Um, so what I actually did in my module was also um, instead of just calling upon Elasticsearch to um, uh, to obtain a collection of products, um, I simply used uh, the product repository to uh, to uh, fetch uh, such a collection. Um, and that's that's kind of like the same logic that um, uh, uh, layered navigation would uh, would use. Um, and I, I tried to do the same thing for GraphQL as well, because underneath uh, the, the, the GraphQL product search is also based upon uh, that, uh, that same mechanism, but, but I haven't tested it out uh, yet. But yeah, it, it simply shows that um, a simple search um, within uh, Magento is actually um, uh, hooking into Elasticsearch at this moment uh, far too often. Um, so that it's kind of like really hard to replace uh, Elasticsearch with Solar or or Sphinx or anything uh, the like. But yeah, it was uh, kind of like a cool little experiment to see how far I could get. And well, it's <laughs> it's a success because I was able to remove Elasticsearch altogether. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so next one on the list. Um, so a lot of people use Composer patches. Um, of course, to f- to fix stuff in in an older Magento version of which there's a PR and GitHub, and you want to you want to patch it up. Yeah. So historically, um, there's a C Wagons yeah. Composer yeah. patches uh, plugin for Composer, which is uh, used a lot in Magento world, but it's actually um, a platform agnostic uh, Composer plugin. Basically, what it does is after you install a certain package, it will then run a patch file which you have. Um, place somewhere in your Git repository, and the patch file will will update the file in your package with uh, well the, the diff in the patch. Um, so this is used a lot. We recently ran into um, an alternative for the C Wagons composer patches, which is the Vimo composer patches. So Vimo is a, a large Scandinavia-based Magento agency. Um, they created a composer patches plugin. Um, well, it's I, th- I think you can use it also platform agnostic, but it's um, it's very useful with Magento. It offers a, a few extra options on top of the C Wagons one. Um, for example, it will search uh, patches there, so you don't have to um, place your uh, well explicitly list your patches in a composer.patches.json or in a in the composer.json itself. You just put it in a folder uh, and it will recursively search through for patches in that. 
Um, you can also add links to, to GitHub issues, etc. Um, you can define versions, so only apply this patch when this package has a certain version or is the version yeah. is older than a certain version, etc. So it has a lot of cool advanced use cases. Yeah. Um, we've by now completely switched to the Vimo one. Um, it also has some commands to run the patches separately, uh, up, uh, separately from the composer install command. Um, you yeah. can also yes, put it on certain uh, platform requirements. Only apply this when the shop is run on PSP 7.3 or whatever. Yeah, so it's um, kind of like yeah. uh, shipping with uh, the dependencies per, per, per patch uh, as well. Yeah. To, to, yeah. to, to me, the, the really cool part uh, to hear is actually that you can uh, just um, install uh, all of the patches in a certain directory because this is um, exactly the same issue that I'm bumping into with uh, C Wiggins. But um, yeah, good to hear. Yeah. Awesome. So we, we now copy, uh, if we have a patch that is applied to multiple shops, we can just copy the file in and that's it. Uh, we yeah. don't have to open up the JSON anymore. Um, you'll just use annotations like add level, add label, add link on the top of your uh, patch file and uh, the Vimo Composer Patches plugin will automatically read that metadata and then uh, yeah, apply the, the patch to the package you installed. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, I also created... Um, uh, a small, it was a Grease Monkey, Tempo Monkey script. Um, and uh, Louis Funken from uh, Experience created um, a Chrome extension for it. So you can find the Magento 2 Composer Patches Helper Chrome extension. Yeah. What it does, if you open a PR in the Magento repository, you'll see a little button uh, next to the edit button that says view patch JSON. Uh, and you can just uh, copy paste. The created JSON into uh, your composer.patches.json file because if there is no, um, if you can take the patch file from the raw patch file from the uh, GitHub repository, you won't actually need to have the patch file in your repository. You can just point it to the source, to the raw patch source on GitHub, and then it will pull it in whenever you do a composer install or a composer patch apply. So in that case, you do add it to your JSON file, but you don't have to add the patch file because it will download it yeah. from GitHub. Yeah. So that's uh, you can just copy paste the JSON. You only have to replace which package it is because we can infer that from the from the pull request. And sometimes it's a unified div, so it touches more uh, packages. So then you'll have to edit some stuff, but it will it will tell you in the JSON uh, uh, it generates itself. So that's a nice little uh, helper that eases the addition of Composer yeah. patches from a Magento PR into your uh, installation. Yeah, and, and uh, so so maybe to uh, to explicitly uh, mention on, on on top of what you just mentioned, it's it's um, it's also meant to create uh, exactly those uh, patches that are used for uh, Vimo, the Composer patches uh, plugin of uh, Vimo. Um, so it's it's kind of funny for me to to see always that um, all of these tools build on top of each other. Well, that's that's kind of like in the mm -hmm. in the good open source spirit. But we started the whole story with uh, mentioning that we don't want to upgrade to the latest release. Uh, instead, it might be better to implement certain composer patches, and then you need a tool for that, and then you need to improve that tool on top of it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, a little. Uh, gotcha when you move from the C Wagons composer patches to the Vimo composer patches. Um, the Vimo composer patches one is a little less uh, forgiving when it comes to um, uh, extra data in the patch file. Mm -hmm. So I usually create a patch with git format patch and then um, now you have to add dash dash no prefix dash dash no signature to the format patch command. Um, because otherwise it will add this little signature at the end of the patch file and Vimo Composer uh, patches doesn't like that. So mm, um, yeah. when you're migrating, clean up the garbage at the end of the patch file to make it work with the ah. with um, with Vimo. Yeah. Also, the C Wagons Composer patches um, tries to apply patch level one first, followed by patch level zero, and then patch level two, three, four, five. Uh, Vimo doesn't do this. It, it will only try patch level one by default, I guess. So if, if it's actually patch level zero, you have to define it yourself with add level. So, yeah, uh, exactly. And that's again, that, that, um, yeah, that add syntax that you would simply include in the patch file yeah. itself. Yeah. yeah. So beware of patch cool. levels, um, especially when your git diff contains the A slash B slash uh, prefix. When uh, like GitHub does that, I think GitLab yeah. too. 
So they yeah, have to I, do. I, uh, I would say that uh, that's kind of like the general advice anyway for patches. As soon as you uh, download a patch or create a patch yourself, you always need to be aware of the patch level itself. Yeah, indeed, especially like when the, you the get the PR level. from uh, if if you yeah. get the PR from the Magento repository, you'll always need level five. Yeah. Uh, because it has the app code, etc., prefix in there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So and and actually, that's again uh, something that this uh, Chrome plugin is uh, automating, right? Yeah, it automatically yeah. will add the at level five in there. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Actually, yeah. Yeah. So I um, I also came up with this uh, other tool, uh, the S Zeidler Composer Patches CLI, but that's actually uh, just hooking into um, the C Wiegand's uh, story uh, again. So while actually uh, the Vimo solution allows you to have a, a Composer Patch uh, folder, uh, the C Wiegand's um, uh, approach uh, requires you to add each individual patch to the Composer.json file. Um, and that's actually where this tool also comes in, the, the, C, the S. Zeitler. I, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, S. Zeitler, uh, a CLI tool uh, simply allows you to do that um, uh, in an easier way. But, but if, if I've now heard about this uh, Vimo Composer Patches approach, I've heard about it before, but then I've, I've never implemented it uh, myself. It sounds oh, yeah, simply just a lot easier than, uh, than the other. So approaches. much easier, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a great tool, especially yeah. if you work on multiple projects. You can just copy paste uh, all the, all the, either the patch file or the JSON part, which will download it from GitHub automatically, and then it, it just works. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so anything else uh, you would like to, uh, to add? Yeah, so I have another extension I ran into, which proved useful in a, in a couple of um, client projects. Um, so it's called the Baldwin URL Data Integrity Checker. Um, especially when you migrate from Magento 1 to Magento 2, the URL uh, keys and URL paths um, could prove problematic uh, when you, you know garbage in, garbage out. So what this extension does, it will, uh, once you install it, it has a few uh, commands uh, on the command line, few commands, um, catalog category integrity check uh, and catalog product integrity check. And it will check for duplicate URL keys or URL paths that are out of sync with the URL key. Um, so empty URL key values, all kinds of checks. Um, so it's a, it's a CLI command, you kick it off, it will populate some JSON files and then you can view it from the back end. You can also configure a cron to run it periodically. Um, so you can just install it and have your clients uh, check it every once in a while whether their uh, URL data uh, is still uh, uh, okay. Because yeah. if it isn't, then sometimes you might have problems with saving products uh, because there's a duplicate URL key they can't fix themselves. So, 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 so to, to, to my my um, understanding, actually, this this kind of like uh, hooks into something else uh, you've created earlier, the 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 Algentos regenerate catalog URLs yeah. module, right? Yeah. So the um, the regenerate catalog URL uh, one is actually um, from uh, forgot the name. It was forked from Easel. Iazel, Iazel. Um, so it it will sounds like uh, a Babylonian a, demon. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this will add a um, command console command um, that will regenerate your product URLs, and you can give up product IDs and certain stores, and it will regenerate those URLs. So mm -hmm. we usually uh, install the Baldwin Agency URL Data Integrity Checker uh, extension along with our regenerate catalog URL. Um, extension. And then, Along just with, to mention this, all of these URLs <laughs> and all of these modules are going to be mentioned in the, the notes of this, uh, this yeah, podcast as well. Definitely. Yeah, um, Along with um, the, um, the Fisheye HQ URL rewrite optimizer. So those yeah. three we, we put in pretty much every install and that will allow us to check for um, URL data inconsistencies and regenerate them as necessary. Yeah, yeah. So in um, in uh, Magento one, uh, one of the the most horrible things that that uh, kind of like often happened um, was that uh, product URLs and uh, category URLs were just uh, regenerated again and again and again uh, when dealing with um, uh, products and categories being imported from external resources. Um, in in Magento two point zero, I had that issue myself as well. Two point one as well. Two point two. 
But then in 2.2, kind of like halfway, it disappeared. And it, it was for a shop that I that I just uh, uh, not worked on myself that much, but it was uh, kind of like uh, that, I, that I heard the complaints about it. Is, is that still your, um, is that still an issue that you bump into or, or not necessarily? Um, we haven't run into that issue that I can remember with Magento 2. No, I think okay. it's uh, yeah. I I thought it just disappeared. Um, yeah, since we migrated everything to Magento too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, to, to my opinion, it's, it's still um, uh, possible, but then only if there's a kind of like a, a buggy and clumsy uh, import mechanism um, as well. We we sometimes run into it with Magento two shops. We haven't migrated, but usually, well, every single time it was because they migrated the URL rewrites from Magento one to Magento yeah. two. So. And, uh, yet again, garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so cool. So it's, it's, it's already kind of like a long list of uh, different uh, IDs, different uh, extensions, different tools to uh, to help uh, developers. Um, do you have uh, anything else you want to uh, mention? Yeah, I wanted to, I ran into the Magento slash community features repository on mm-hmm. GitHub. So github.com slash magento slash community dash features. Yeah. And that's um that's a very interesting uh, repository. It's just issues um, with faults um, for features by the community, as yeah, the and, as and repository and name says. In-depth um, uh, discussions as well. So it, uh, actually, as a yeah. developer, it's just really good to, to uh, read through it and get kind of like a glimpse of what the core developers are, uh, are up to. Yeah. So one of the oldest issues there with the most comments is one again by Taj um, <laughs> Tiger yeah, so, <laughs> yeah so, Tiger. no 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 so I'm, I'm just getting destroyed by this guy if uh, if, if uh, we keep mispronouncing his name it's uh, Tyke 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 so Tyke Tiger Tyke um, yeah, has uh, opened a like new configurable product. So you create a, a configurable product in the back end and you want to create variations. Um, the, and But your simple products, your children already exist. Um, there's no way to hook them to the configurable product. You have to um, sort of generate them first by choosing the attributes on which you want to create the simples for and then uh, basically generate them, and before you save them, you can manually add the existing ones and then remove the ones that were about to be saved. So it's a cumbersome, not very logical workflow to attach existing simple products to a new configurable product. So um, he opened this issue in November 2015, so almost five years ago. Um, it still hasn't been resolved, but... And this is the interesting part. Um, somebody uh, named Pisces Fank IT created an extension. I don't think it's his, his personal name, though. But, uh. No, I don't think he's, <laughs> he's called Pisces. But um, <laughs> uh, So th- there's an extension called Fank IT Configurable Wizard. And this adds, um, once you move through the wizard to uh, select attributes and then give it attribute values, it will add a step where you want to um, manually add products yourself so you don't have to run through the entire wizard and remove the other one so this is like a small little extension that adds that option so um to make that workflow a little less uh, awkward cool they they might fix it in future uh, future versions but uh, for now this extension does exactly what you expect to happen uh when you go into this workflow yeah, and it's there are kind, of, kind of interesting to note, right, that, that this repository, uh, this uh, community features repository is full of IDs. So it's, it's not necessarily features that are going to be implemented in, um, in Magento in the next version. It's more that there's a certain place for the community to collaborate, elaborate, discuss what kind of potential features there are. Um, yep. Because yeah, there's another one um, that you uh, put put on the on, on the discussion list. Um, uh, number 126, disable modules per environment, and it, it felt to me kind of like an old story. Um, as in, well, of course it's a, it's a needed feature, but um, going through that, uh, I, I just scanned through the the, the whole issue itself. Uh, the discussion dates dates back to 2017 and 18. Um, 
So what is your take uh, there on it? It's, it's, it's all about uh, how to disable modules for specific environments. So development environment, production environment, and of course, uh, all of those changes are, are normally written into the config.php file. But there's more yeah. to it. Well, um, when you, uh, right now, if you enable or disable a module or an extension, um, it, this will be saved in the app ads config.php file. And so it's it's either disabled or enabled. But for uh, certain extensions, you you only want to have it. So there's an, let's say there's a uh, Magento extension that's in your Composer uh, required dev. So you Composer required dev, um, like the example in the thread is the HO template hints extension. Yeah. So you require that and then you enable it. So then it will be enabled in your app ads config.php file. Yeah. So you commit that to Git and then you deploy your web shop. So on production server, the HO template hints uh, extension will be enabled or disabled, but will have an entry in the app ads config.php, even though on the production uh, server, there won't be any code for that extension uh, present because, because it's a required dev. dev. Yeah. yeah, because it's a dev uh, uh, extension. So the proposal in this thread was to uh, have or to move or have any option to move the um, or override the enabling or disabling of a certain uh, extension in env.php. Yeah. So we yeah. we can like for example put an app ads config.php that will have ho template hints disabled. Uh, and then in the app ads env.php uh, on your local machine that you will have it enabled. Yeah, so maybe maybe it's good to comment on that as well. That there used to be a time that actually, um, if there would be a module in config.php that was enabled, but that module was actually not found by the system, it would generate an exception. But yeah. that that time has long been gone. Yeah, they they removed that exception exactly because of this problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. But so still, right now so it's not a big problem that it's mentioned in no. in config.php, um, but it's, it's more aesthetic. You know, it feels dirty. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Besides, you don't right now. I um, you have to. So, so let's say I enable it locally, um, but we have it in Git as disabled. So then yeah. I enable it locally. So I ha every time I have to enable it locally and then run a setup upgrade maybe again. So th there's a the workflow isn't perfect for for local development. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the annoying thing is indeed like every time that you run the commands uh, bin magento module enable module disable, it will modify the uh, config.php file. So it will redo or undo uh, the change that you've carefully just uh, crafted yeah. uh, together. And that's yeah. just uh, annoying. Um, but yeah, so yeah, th th that's another good uh, good, um, good discussion. But you, you, you simply wanted to mention it because it's a good discussion as well, even though there's no logical outcome. Uh, well, I, I, <laughs> uh, I, I want it. <laughs> um, and, and it's been opened in 2017, and mainly because back then um, it, it, will throw, it, it would have thrown an error, uh, and not anymore. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, this feels like such a logical um implementation yeah like a lot of other frameworks support uh disabling modules per environment but magenta yeah, exactly. doesn't so yeah. In, in, However, yeah i i yeah i, I don't see any uh, pull requests uh, on, on your behalf uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big of a problem yet no, <laughs> I, i'm i might eventually at one point become annoyed by it and then spend my sunday afternoon to to do this but um, <laughs> exactly. i'm 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 happy to uh, to give it an up for grabs label and uh, let somebody else do it <laughs> for sure yeah yeah yeah, and then, then actually there's another um, uh, really interesting one, uh, the, the PHP 7.4 uh, preloader uh, support. Um, yeah, so once I started to read about, uh, about PHP 7.4, I, I became right away enthusiastic about the, the, the preload feature. So it's, uh, it's something, if I say correctly, that hooks into uh, the OP cache, uh, but then actually just um, makes sure that when the application is being loaded, uh, you can just uh, come up with your own uh, preload uh, file that you need to put together so that all of the relevant files, all of the relevant uh, PHP classes, for instance, or code snippets that, 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 that are guaranteed to be called upon are, uh, are loaded into the OP cache. Um, 
So once actually PHP 7.4 came out, uh, uh, I was also one of the few people back then trying to play around with this. Well, of course, Magento 2.4, uh, 2.3 didn't support PHP 7.4 yet, so it was uh, kind of like working with a half broken, um, um, half broken installation as well. But yeah, the the, the issue that um, that, uh, that that you basically um, uh, refer to was also linked to um, I think actually the work of uh, a guy called uh, uh, Kirill Morozov, who's actually um, well, he, he's kind of important. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that he played around with it um, uh, and also classifying it as simple, but but back then actually PHP 7.4 was still not uh, supported yet. So it, it, to me, um, since Magento 2.4, it would be um, ideal to play around with this again. So they, they did already implement it in 2.4. Yeah, so so they implemented it, um, the, the OP cache preloader, or because then still you need to configure um, this uh, preloader uh, in in your own PHP configuration to uh, to make use of it. Um, yeah, so it'll probably need some um, console command or whatever to to generate the the file uh, that yeah. you needed to preload it. Um, so the the Kirill um, has a, a comparison where uh, PHP 7.4 with preloading is 11% faster than PHP 7.3 uh, yeah. without preloading, of course. Um, and then somebody refers to uh, uh, an issue and a pull request that says we've implemented it here. But I'm just looking at this giant pull request and it's giant. Um, and I, I can't find anything that actually generates the preload file for PHP. So I'm, I'm not sure whether it's actually, it supports it. That's what it mm-hmm. says. We we supported it in, in 7.4. We can't really see whether the preload file is also being generated by now. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's at least like an uh, interesting thing to uh, to take a look at. And I think like the, the discussion is anyway interesting to see like uh, what kind of uh, pros and cons are there to uh, to consider these uh, these features. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I personally think that this PHP 7.4 uh, preloader um, is not necessarily something that you can just define for all of the, the Magento installations out there. It seems almost like it's uh, it needs to be custom created, but theoretically it could be generated, as you say, like uh, using a simple console uh, command. Yeah, I, f- I think you can you can definitely create something that will do it on a per installation basis and will generate a file. But I also think that um, you can create a default file for for the Magento core, so it it, it won't necessarily preload everything uh, from the third party extensions or your own custom extensions, but it will definitely then do Magento. So I think yeah. um, if this so as far as I can see, there's now only support for it. So they, they updated the classes for PHP 7.4 um, to make Magento to work with PHP 7.4. And for the preloading part, yeah, I think you can generate uh, or create some kind of tool that generates the preload file and then walks through the code in the, in the current installation and generates a file specifically for that installation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe to comment on my my own experiment. So in in the past, what I tried to do was simply just instantiate or not instantiate, uh, load all of the classes um, that there were to be found in Magento. So that's kind of like a lot of different classes, um, and all um, just generate those uh, those classes as an OP cache entry um, automatically. But that's actually um, a performance optimization for the worse. Uh, because then you're just um, adding classes to the OB cache that are actually not going to be called upon. And that's kind of like the the, the interesting part, um, yeah. that that it's only really an improvement of the situation. If you can uh, can say actually that, that all of those classes um, are actually going to be called upon in runtime, in real life, on your front end or theoretically your back end, and that by moving them into the OB cache, um, the, the memory grows, but the speed goes up. Yeah, so what you're saying is if, if you, for example, use the composer dump auto load and then um, use the class map authoritative uh, uh, argument, yeah. you can use the, the auto load class map.php file as an input for the preloader, for the preload.php file. Yeah, Except so this is kind of like. Then you'll yeah. have your complete 
Um, yeah, so it's not optimized. No, so that, that, then a better optimizing would be just to create a tempfs uh, file system and just move vendor yeah. into that. Yeah, move everything <laughs> into your RAM. Yeah. Uh, that, that's so of so course what, not what would be an approach truth, for it? Maybe maybe you could run like a, a new relic or a Blackfire. Um, yeah for a while so let's say for a day or a day or two on your production web shop and then it will uh, generate a list of all the php files that have been touched and then um, create well, a preload file based on that something similar or uh, theoretically also um, uh, just uh, uh, parse a listing of all of the modules that are enabled um, and then actually um, uh, try to try to determine which kind of classes are actually um, uh, also called upon on the front end so that might be uh, front-end controllers, uh, blocks, view models, and et cetera. And then uh, theoretically just uh, spidering across all of the dependencies that are loaded with it. But uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, so it's, it's, it's not that straightforward. So coming up yeah. with a core listing would be um, maybe just uh, loading, preloading most of the classes in the framework, because every time when you load something in the bootstrap, um, that's adding, a, the, 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 well, the, the, then there's a requirement for those classes. Um, but yeah, theoretically, another approach is, of course, just to um, look at the output, uh, create a simple block class, um, uh, uh, call upon uh, what is it? Get declared declared classes, um, and just um, uh, do a rundown of all of the classes that are um, called upon by using a certain front-end block. But yeah, but, yeah it's 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 a little bit more um, cumbersome. It's a little bit more uh, taking effort than just um, adding something bluntly to it but then yeah. still like it's it's all about the performance so yeah a, a kind of like a really cool feature um, to discuss and to uh, to see to look forward to uh, within uh, magento 2 um. yeah definitely but yeah all so right. um long listing let's wrap up <laughs> yeah i had fun Definitely, me too. I have a bunch of things to talk about in the next episode. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I hope uh, that, that everybody listening is also um, um, eager to uh, to hear yet uh, another episode, episode three. Uh, that yeah. will be, um, yeah. No, we, we we need to come up with a, a good listing also for what to discuss and uh, and whatnot. Um, the current focus was kind of like uh, deployment, composer patches, um, and everything that that flow flew uh, from it. But um, yeah, theoretically, we we focus upon a specific topic, uh, specific area of backend development in the the next episode. We could, if if uh, any listeners have any suggestions uh, on on which topic, but um, yeah. I'm just as happy to uh, talk about whatever comes up. <laughs> Chess. Yes, uh, Magento related. Exactly, Magento related. Let's keep it Magento related. Awesome. Let's wrap up. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Peter. And uh, see you next time. For sure. See you. Cheers.